0: Damn, uh, huh? you uh, did this uh, We chill, yeah. we dry, we roll, we smoke, we glide, we flow, we might just touch yeah. the It's your boy Ice Cold, and you're tuned in to another episode of the Ice Cold Show. First things first, let's give you the quote. Be who you are and say what you feel, because those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. That's from Bernard M. Baruch. Basically, man, be yourself. The people who mad at you for being yourself, basically, forget about them. And the people who care about you, they ain't going to ever be mad at you for being yourself. Um, first things first, we didn't have any episodes last week. Um, I did have a lot going on. Um, I lost an uncle, rest in peace, Uncle Howard. Um, and my my nana, the most important person in my life, had surgery on her neck. So really, really, really busy week for me. Uh, week two, I had a lot going on in the NFL But week three, I was able to focus and get right back to it, and I'm going to provide, as you can see, I lost my voice, a lot of stuff, yelling at the Cowboy game. But we are going to talk about the NFL, and we're going to start breezing through some of these things because there's nothing much to really talk about with some of these games. First things first, Panthers versus the Texans on Thursday night, uh, September 23rd. The Panthers came and took care of business. Texans are a team who are... Expected to be on the bottom, a bottom feeding team this year, and also don't have Tyrod Taylor, who's looked absolutely amazing this year. A guy who was drafted in the sixth round, who continually is getting chance after chance to go and be a starter, and he usually goes out and performs. Uh, to talk about the Panthers, you won, but at what cost? JC Horn, I believe, uh, the rookie, has a broken foot. Um, Christian McCaffrey, hamstring injury. He won't be playing against. The Dallas Cowboys this week, which I personally am uh, am excited about, um, but big win for the Panthers as they start three and zero, a team where I didn't have, I, it didn't matter who I thought they were playing, I didn't think that they would go three and zero. Big win against the Saints in week two, and you follow it up and take care of business at the at the Texans, and now you're gonna lose to the Cowboys in week four. So there you have it. Next, the Bills. Uh, Bills took care of business, man. Uh, Josh Allen has shown. How special he is after that week one loss, 32 completions, 358 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Cole Beasley was amazing. And the Washington defense, which was said last year to be one of the better defenses in the Fail. you have Chase Young um, on the D-line, who's amazing, hasn't been, hasn't been who we thought they could be this year. I mean, you give up 20 points to the Chargers, not a big deal. You give up 29 points to the Giants, and then you give up 43 um, to the Bills. So rough, rough, rough for Washington. You still have Heineke out there playing. He's trying his best to keep the team in it. But you fall down to one and two in the division and tie with the Eagles for second. So rough, rough, rough for Washington as they look forward to bounce back next week. Now we got to talk about the Browns and the Bears. Um. At this point, I'm sure if you're an NFL fan, you've heard already. It was a crime what Matt Nagy did on that field uh, to Justin Fields. Um, A a guy who's a mobile quarterback, his first ever NFL start, did nothing to make that man comfortable on the field. I think it was only like one or two designed runs. Um, I mean, he just dropped back with no offensive line and got crushed all game long. I mean... it's time for Matt Nagy to be fired. Um, He did the same thing with Mitch Trubisky, not saying Mitch is the same caliber of player as Justin Fields by any stretch of the imagination, but Trubisky was a guy who could run and get out there and and move his feet, and it, it seems like the offense was never designed for him to be successful, and we're seeing a repeat of that with Justin Fields now, and if I'm the owner of the Bears, how long? Like, how long must I wait until... How, what what? How how many years does Matt Nagy have to run us into the ground until we decide, you know, hey, let's get rid of him. You make the trade for Camille, Khalil Mack years ago, you build one of the top defenses in the NFL, and you, you literally get nothing out of it. So uh, now focus on the Browns. What a game by, by the Browns' defense. Uh, offense still left to me a little bit to be des- desired. But welcome back, Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell looked great in his return, his first game in almost a year. Eight or five catches, 77 yards. A uh, big shout-out to Odell Beckham Jr., man. It's good to have you back. The NFL's a better place when you're on the field. Uh, Ravens-Lions. This is a game I bet on, and this is a game that, man, was incredible ending. I mean, Justin Tucker, NFL record. 66-yard field goal, probably the best kicker I've seen in my life in my 26 years of being alive. Um, Ravens, though, I mean, a game that they should have one-handedly goes all the way down to the wire. And Lamar Jackson, I think it's big to say with Lamar Jackson, though he struggled this game, he had a big interception late in the game. On 4th and 19, Lamar Jackson makes a play. He gets the first down. Setting up Justin Tucker for the world record and Justin Tucker nails it off the off the crossbar and it falls in and hits the net. Just an amazing, amazing all-around finish to that to what it was most would say more of a boring game, but it finished great. And I want to talk about the Lions a little bit because I love their head coach. Um, I believe his name is Dan Campbell. Um, I mean, I, the fire and the energy that he coaches his team with when he goes to the press conference that's a guy where I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, I would run through a wall for this guy. And I think we're seeing how the Lions just fight. This is the third week in a row where they just went out there and performed. They did lose to the Packers in Week Two, um, and they lost obviously in Week One against the Niners. But they keep fighting and they keep pushing and they they keep clawing at a victory. And they're gonna they're gonna be in a lot of games. They're um, they're gonna force a. They're gonna force a lot of teams to not cover this year as if you're a betting kind of person. And I really like the I really like the Lions, the way the Lions are going out there and fighting. I like Jared Groff taking basically all the stuff people said about him and just going out there and trying to perform. And, and he's not doing a terrible job. So I mean he's not he's still not a top-tier quarterback to me, but he's definitely better than these rookies, better than some of these mid-tier quarterbacks. I I I like what Jared Groff is doing in Detroit so far. Colts Titans. Uh, Titans get a get a win in this one. Colts fall to 0-3, pretty much pushing them out of playoff contention. I mean, they're two games back in their division, but I expect Tennessee to to continue to improve and get better. I do not believe in Carson Wentz at all. Never have. Um, I just don't know what, what the Colts do. I think the Colts are at that point now where you might as well go ahead and try to rebuild and 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 get and build your defense and build your offense back up and go that route because I don't see you contending at all. As far as the Titans, um, just sloppy. Sloppy again. Tannehill, only 197 yards. Although he threw three touchdowns, he had two interceptions. Derrick Henry, another 113-yard game. But the Titans haven't looked good at all in any game this year. They haven't convinced me that they're a threat in any game this year. And I still think... They're behind maybe one to two to maybe even three teams as far as a team I think come out the AFC. Maybe even behind like four or five teams because I I would say the Raiders will look better. Um, the Chargers have looked better. There's a lot of teams that look better than Tennessee this year so far. Speaking of the Chargers, big game against the Chiefs, big division game, winning, uh, going 2-1, putting up 30 points. Mike Williams got me about 33 fantasy points this week. I mean, he was—he's been amazing. If he—if he doesn't get hurt this year, I expected him to have a breakout year, and he's showing it. Justin Herbert really likes him. He's a big target. He goes up against the ball. He's a physical receiver, and he just dominated in this game, scoring the game-winning touchdown uh, late in the game. Had seven catches, 122 yards. Had two touchdowns and added a two-point conversion. Justin Herbert, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And let's talk about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now one and two, for the first time ever, last place, sole, sole ownership of last place in the AFC West, first time in Patrick Mahomes' career. Um, am I worried about the Chiefs? Not at all. I do think they'll still be a playoff team. I do think that's still the team to look out for, uh, coming out of the the AFC because at the end of the day, it's going to be very very hard to beat them. as As much as they're one and two, they could easily be three and zero. Oh. Um, but Mahomes, what I'm seeing from Mahomes is, I won't say regression, but just the no look pass he threw, it wasn't his fault, that was an interception, the guy dropped the ball, but even the throwing off his back foot is a rule in the NFL, you know, you never throw off your back foot, so across your body, and Mahomes has always done that since he's been in the NFL with great success, well, basically they lost the game because he made a, a back foot throw to Travis Kelsey and it surrounded in coverage. He overthrew him, picked off. Then you have the Chargers go down fourth and four. They're gonna go for it. Get a false start. Fourth and nine. They still go for it. A very questionable. Uh pass interference calls, get them the touchdown. And then with 30 something seconds left weeks I still expected my homes to go out and win. Uh, I had money on my homes. So basically the Chiefs cost me about seven hundred dollars this weekend. Um didn't lose seven hundred, but lost opportunity of seven hundred. I just think, um, I just think the Chiefs have to understand that you can't turn it on and off. Um, it didn't work last year um, to win a Super Bowl, though they had some injuries, and it had after three weeks, you're one and two, and your first halves have been terrible. I mean, it just is what it is. I don't know what it is They can't get it going in the first half. Uh, praying for Andy Reid, by the way, that he's okay. Uh, he got, got carted off um, after that game and so on and so forth. So praying that for Andy Reid and his health moving forward. But it's all around just a really, really rough game. Rough, rough game for the Chiefs in this one. Uh, nobody scored in the first quarter. Chargers put up 14 points in the second half to the Chiefs only three. Chiefs put up 14 points in the third quarter. But they give up 16 in the fourth and only score seven to lose the game. Uh, Chiefs got to win. Chiefs have, have, to, have to put this together, have to get the ship righted, have to take care of business if they want to be have a chance at the number one overall seed, have a chance to win their division. Because you don't want to fight for a wild card spot in the AFC, especially with the Raiders being 3-0, the Chiefs being 2-1-1, the Broncos being 3-0. And that's just in your division. You also got the Ravens being 2-1. You got... um other teams in the AFC. I don't want to go through every team, but it's just not looking good right now. Uh if you're a if you're a Chiefs fan, you, you gotta pick you gotta pick it up and put it together. Uh Saints beat the Patriots. Not much to talk about here. I don't expect people think the Patriots are gonna be really good this year. Um I don't per se. Mac Jones, three interceptions, 270 yards, Jameis Winston, another game where he's only 13 for 21, 128 yards, didn't do much, didn't have to. Defense took care of business. He had two touchdowns. Kamara did what he was supposed to do. Um, Beautiful play by Kendrick Bourne, I must say, uh, for New England Patriots. Tiptoe, tiptoe down that sideline, reached the ball in to get the touchdown. But Saints are a team I had as a sleeper going into the NFC uh, playoffs, a team that I believe could beat anybody in the NFC. And I don't know how I really feel about them now. Um, One week one, you look great. Week two, you look absolutely terrible. Week 3 you don't really look good on offense. You go against a rookie quarterback and your defense kind of saves the day for you. Um Saints are iffy right now and I, and I think uh I think I if I'm if I'm Sean Payton maybe James Winston is in the future. Um and maybe I'm looking at trying to see if I can get a Jerry Goff. Um see if I can get a uh Jimmy Garoppolo. Um one of those guys one of the guys of those natures because I think in a different setting with a different quarterback, this Saints team could be a Super Bowl contender. So there's that. Falcons-Giants, not much to talk about here. The Falcons get their first win. Two bottom feeder teams um, that aren't going to do a goddamn thing this year. This is the battle of the unbeatens. Once somebody had to win, it could have ended in a tie, but Falcons end up getting a game-winning field goal. And this is another, uh, another heartbreaking loss for the Giants, man. New York football team. Uh, got killed in week one by, like, 14 points by the Broncos, but lost to a game-winning field goal against Washington after a, 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 what is it, offsides, basically giving the, the Washington team another kick. Falcons, another game-winning field goal that, co- that comes back to bite you. But like I said, two bottom feeder teams. Next, Bengals and the Steelers. How about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, huh? How about that Gold Tigers? I'm a big LSU fan, and I love Joe Burrow. I love Jamar Chase. Shout-out Justin Jefferson out in Minnesota as well. But for what was talked about about Jamar Chase, his drops, him not looking good in camp uh, throughout the preseason, so on and so forth, he's got four touchdowns in three games. He's absolutely taking the top off the defense repeatedly. He's opening things up for Tyler Boyd, opening things up for T. Higgins. Joe Mixon is still running the ball really hard. I think he's second in the NFL and rushing, just taking care of business. And I mean, I mean, what can you say? The the Bengals team is two and one. Uh, They're a full game above Pittsburgh in this division. They're tied with the Ravens for first place in this division. And they just, all in all, man, they really look like a good team. Um uh the Browns are still tied for first place with them as well. But the Bengals are a team where I feel like the way things go, they can make a wild card or win this division as well, and they're not even a good team. But they have the offense that can compete as long as they're hanging around in games. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, along with the other re- receivers, they're getting a grip on this offense. Maybe this is not the year for a wild card appearance or things like that, but they're definitely moving in the right direction. Defense is picking it up. You made some good picks on defense throughout the years. Logan Wilson, two big interceptions this game. Um, next, you got to build your offensive line up a little bit more. But excellent game for the Bengals. And I can't talk about the Bengals without expressing. I mean, Ben, ben Roethlisberger is cooked. Uh, the, the, the burger is overcooked at this point. His career is over. Um, I don't expect him to, to even finish the season at this point. Um, why not see what you get in Dwayne Hoskins? I, I don't know what to say about Ben. He can't throw the ball uh, downfield. He's not moving in the pocket. He's very inaccurate. One touchdown, uh, two interceptions, 38 completions for 58 yards. But he literally threw like 25 passes behind the line of scrimmage. Like, he's not even throwing. They have no running game. There's no offensive line. Uh, The Pouncy brother retired. So they're literally throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. For example, Najee Harris, rookie, stud rookie from Antioch, California, out in the Bay Area, uh, 14 carries, 40 yards, but had 14 receptions for 102 yards. Catching passes out of the flat in the screen. Fourth and goal. I'll never forget this play because I had actually bet on the Steelers like a jackass. Uh, Fourth and goal. goal from like the 10 to 15 don't even take a shot into the end zone you throw it behind the line of scrimmage to Najee Harris who's surrounded by four or five bangles and basically ends your game and I think that unfortunately Mike Tom Mike Tomlin uh, a coach who's one of the better coaches we've ever seen never had a losing season in his career is on the brink of maybe having his first losing season as a as an NFL head coach so Crazy, crazy, craziness in that game. Next, we got the Cardinals and the Jags. Cardinals take care of business, 31-19. A little weary for the Cardinals at at points. Um, Basically, give up a a go for a 68-yard field goal at the end of the half. bonehead play. It's very well short. It's returned by Agnew for a freaking touchdown. But you come out after half you get a score, and on top of that, you get a pick six off the flea flicker and puts puts the game away for good pretty much. And, and now the Arizona Cardinals move to 3-0. Uh, team I had probably uh fourth in this division. I probably had the Rams first, then the Niners, then Seattle, then I had the Cardinals. The Cardinals to are the second, if not the best team in this they're the second best team in this division. Excuse me, I'm crazy. Uh, they're not better than the Rams, but they have—they are the second best team in this division. They still—they still do things and and stress you out during the games. But big game for AJ Green, finally had a big game as a Cardinal. Five receptions, 112 yards. Showed up. Kyler Murray is just absolutely incredible, looking like an MVP candidate. And Cardinals are marching, marching, marching toward the playoffs. As far as right now, they're neck and neck with the Rams. For the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence has thrown about six interceptions in the first three games. He hasn't gotten a win. Uh, these, these are his four, three straight regular season losses, which is obviously the longest streak. I think he's only lost one regular season game before he joined the Jaguars. And Urban Meyer just looks unprepared. He doesn't look ready to coach in the NFL. He doesn't really have the team to compete, and they're not competing. Trevor Lawrence a- hasn't been as good as advertised struggled a lot in the run game. No ETN who you drafted. I think the Jaguars are going to need more time and Urban Meyer de- deserves more time, but they've been very 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 disappointing uh throughout the first 3 weeks. Uh just just not not the end scores or whatever, but just the way they play. I mean, you lose by you lose by 16 to the the Texans, you lose by 10 to the Broncos, and then you lose by 12 to the to the Cardinals. They just haven't been able to cover a team that, if you're a betting man, you definitely should bet against the, the Jaguars every every week. I'm putting the Jaguars in a teaser um, as far as picking the team that's playing against them in a teaser every week this year. And I think that moves their streak to 18 straight losses, if I'm not mistaken, which is absolutely ridiculous. Next, uh, Jets-Broncos. Nothing to talk about here. The Broncos took care of business. They're 3-0. How real is that 3-0? and They beat... Literally no good teams. Uh the Broncos have beat the Giants, they beat the Jaguars, and they beat the Broncos, and they beat the Jets. All three of those teams, no surprise here, are O-N-3. Um, making them three and and0 It's they have a tough test coming up soon. I believe they play. Let's see what they play soon. We'll have the predictions. We'll try to get the prediction episode done this Friday finally. Um yeah, Ravens, Broncos this week is a tough game, but it's it's definitely a game they can win. Um, Ravens haven't shown that they're absolutely unstoppable or or anything of the nature. Uh, Jets, man, Jets suck. Uh, Not surprised, but Jets do suck. Their defense is not as good as I expected. Zach Wilson, I expected him to be not as good. In the preseason, he kind of shut me up a little bit and played played pretty well, but he's not the guy. um, He's not a guy who's going to come in and turn this franchise around. Uh, as of, as far as right now, it's going to take him some time. I still believe he still can be a talented player in this league, but it's definitely going to take him some time. Um, Broncos is just, just keep rolling along another. Uh, that being said, it's an NFL game and to get a shutout is a shutout. You know, you can't, you, those don't come often. Zach Wilson followed up a four interception game with a two interception game. Couldn't get anything going on the ground just just all around bad bad game for the jets in this one and they they get beat again. Uh the Raiders Raiders 3 and 0 for the first time and God knows how long. Maybe I think last year they were close. Another overtime win for the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders uh beating Miami 31 to 28. Uh credible performance from Derek Carr 386 yards leading the NFL in passing yards I believe two touchdowns. Peyton Barber filling in for Josh Jacobs, 23 carries, 111 yards in a TD. Brian Edwards, three catches. Um, I mean, they took care of business. The game went overtime. The Raiders got a, a field goal. Uh, Brissette filling in for two attack of Iola. Played great. Um, did, did the best he could to lead his team to victory. Scoring on uh, fourth, fourth and goal with no time left on the clock. Being able to run it in, get the touchdown, not only get the touchdown, run a play, get the uh, two point conversion of force overtime. Your t- defense gives up three in overtime. You get the ball back on the long fourth down play, or I believe a fourth to third down play. You throw it to Kiseki, you get down there and get a field goal again. And then after that, uh, obviously, you know, the Raiders go down and score. Nothing you can do about it. But shout out Jacoby Brissett going out there, doing the thing, keeping his team in it, and literally fighting, fighting to the end. Uh, Dolphins dropped to 1 and 2, but they're in a division with uh Buffalo uh who's 2 and 1. They're in a division with New England who's 1 and 2 and they're in a uh, division with the lowly um what's the third team in that division? Uh ah, it's a it's a it's a team that isn't it is the, 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 the it doesn't matter. There there's another team in that division that I that's oh the Jets. The Jets, the 0 and 3 Jets. So they're only a game out of first place still, and Dolphins have a little bit more of a favorable schedule than um, the Buffalo Bills, so they're not all out of it yet. But this is a game that they really, really, really wanted to steal on the road, had a chance to steal, just couldn't come up with it. Um, next, we got the last four games. We'll, we'll start with Seattle and, and uh, Minnesota. Another Seattle uh, lost two losses in a row. Russell Wilson did what he could, wasn't enough. Kirk Cousins took care of business, but the star of this game to me was uh, uh, Madison. Alexander Madison filling in for the injured Dalvin Cook. He came out there and he just performed. He performed like he was Dalvin Cook. I mean, there really was no difference. He came out, had 26 carries for 112 yards. Also caught the ball out of the backfield. six Caught six of eight targets for 59 yards. Unfortunately, wasn't able to get a touchdown. But he helped the Vikings move the ball up and down the field all game long. Kirk Cousins took care of business himself, 323 yards. Jet Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Gold Tigers. He had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown in this one. All around, good game for Minnesota. a Minnesota team who lost to, lost to, I believe it was uh, Cincinnati. Yeah, lost to Cincinnati in overtime with a game in field goal. Lost to the Cardinals by one. Uh, game-winning field goal last week. This week, able to go out there and get a thirteen-point win. First win of the season. First home game. They look very, very good. Um, looks like a team where, if you look at Green Bay and you look at Minnesota, they could either they could easily be tied for first place, or Minnesota could be three and zero. Um, just, just the, that's the way it crumbles in the NFL, and people are gonna, you know, it's week one, week two, week three, and so on and so forth. When we get to week eighteen, and the one game separates uh, separates you from making the playoffs, winning your division, or fighting for a wild card, we gonna We'll go back and think of losing by one to the Cardinals, losing by three to the Bengals. So, gotta you gotta you gotta make it count, man. If you you gotta you gotta go out there and try your best to win every game, and when you're close, you gotta do everything you can to win. Um, we talked about the Seahawks and the Vikings, so let's jump into that division, Uh, stay in that division and talk about the Packers stealing one from 49ers. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game on both sides, Green Bay is not who we think they are. Um, they're not as talented, they're very dysfunctional. Um, their defense uh, is not what it used to be, are not what it was uh, maybe last year or two years ago when they started to really show themselves. Um, Aaron Rodgers, as great as he is, he's still, he's still a little rusty. He's still going to take him some time to find his rhythm. And I, I only say that because there's, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. He's missed some throws. Um, In week two, he missed Valdez Scandling on like three or four throws where they probably could have scored 50 points on the Lions, if we're being honest. In this game against the 49ers, um, there's a play against the, the – toward Devontae Adams where he overthrew him late in the game uh, to put the game away. There was a play, a couple plays early in the half, in the first half, second half, where he missed some throws, overthrow, underthrow. Just, you know, just a little off. The timing's a little off. The rhythm is a little off. Um, I don't know if his heart's not in it because it's Green Bay and it's just so, not that his heart's not in it, but there's so much going on that has nothing to do with football. Um, But that's my takeaway for Green Bay. Still with that being said, who, How do you tell someone 37 seconds left, um, no timeouts, is way too much time for Aaron Rodgers, and, and it proved to be way too much time for Aaron Rodgers. Mason Crosby goes and kicks a field goal, game winner, game over. Um, now the Niners, the biggest takeaway is Jimmy Garoppolo should not be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. Um, it just is what it is. Uh, the fumble... He had a fumble, a terrible fumble, where he tries to throw the ball. He spins away from the hit, throwing the ball behind him, fumbles the ball away, giving it to Green Bay, killing the drive. Um, there's a intentional grounding that the referees didn't call at the end of the first half, um, which would have probably took seven points off the board for the San Francisco 49ers um, after Trey Lance was able to come in after the play and, and run it in. Um, just... Time management, game management was not smart at the end of the game. You have 40-something seconds on the clock. You have the ball at the 5, 6-yard line, whatever the case may be. There's 12 seconds on the play clock. You have all three timeouts as well as the clock is running. Why not run the 12 seconds off and hike the ball with 37 seconds left? Or run the 12 seconds off, call timeout, then you go out and hike the ball. Because my thing is this. If you... When people say use check should have failed or anything like that, I think when you have the opportunity to score, you score um, because your defense should be able to make a stop. But in that situation, you get all the way down the field. You're sitting in in goal to go. There's 37 seconds left. You're down uh, six points. Uh, Six points, yeah. You go, hey, I'm going to run this clock down. I want to have the ball last. And I want to have the ball with as little time as possible. And I just think it was a bonehead play to hike the ball with 12 seconds left. It ended up costing you the game. And there you have it. So Packers move on uh, to be 2-1. and one. Same record as the 49ers, 2-1. And, and the 49ers team who uh, something's going on with their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan. Um, this is two weeks in a row. Well, pretty much three weeks in a row. You run prevent defense. And you almost prevent a win for your team uh, against the Lions, blowing the Lions out, and the Lions come all the way back with no, basically no time left in the fourth quarter, um, almost winning the damn game, come and having the ball late, like late in that game and almost winning. Then you have the Eagles who shot themselves in the foot against the Niners, a game that the Eagles could have put away early. The Niners win by uh, six. And then you got this Packers game where they have the game one after coming back and making a strong push, a fight to be into the in the game, and then you give it away and 37 seconds left to Aaron Rodgers. So with the Niners, you got the Rams on top of that division. You got the Cardinals next, 3-0. Um, 49ers in the in the Seahawks, uh, Niners being 2 and one Seahawks being one-and-two are just leaps and bounds below the other two teams in that division. Uh, Arizona is way better uh, than, than uh, San Francisco or or Seattle, and I think the Rams are just head and shoulders better than all the teams in their division as well. So tough, tough loss for the Niners. I think they really, really could benefit from going 3-0. and I think their schedule is going to get a little tighter. I think their Jimmy – I think this game – is going to hurt the chemistry and camaraderie in in, in, in San Francisco. Um, when Jimmy G throws the interception, you can see Mike Shanahan is, or Kyle Shanahan is pissed. Like he's muttering words under his breath. His lips are moving. He's got the. Every time Jimmy does some boneheaded stuff, you can see the pain, the anger, the frustration in Kyle's eyes. And I think it's just a matter of time before he goes with the rookie. Um, the last two games we want to talk about rams and the buccaneers the rams took care of business man beat the skin off the buccaneers the game was to me it was way it was it was it wasn't as close as the score it was a 10-point game but to me it wasn't as close as that score kind of says um matthew stafford to me right now is the mvp of this league he's absolutely incredible deshaun jackson jackson taking the top off the defense Showing signs of old Deshaun Jackson. Three catches, 120 yards, one touchdown. That's averaging 40 yards a catch. That's old school Eagles Deshaun Jackson right there. A guy who hunted my Cowboys twice a year for years. Um, Stafford, like I said, 343 yards, four touchdowns, no interception. Sony Michelle, 29, our 20 carries for 67 yards in place of uh, injured Henderson. Uh, Tom Brady. Tom terrific man he's still incredible, forty one catches fifty five uh out of fifty five attempts four hundred and thirty two yards one touchdown, a rushing touchdown Mike Evans eight carries eight catches one hundred and six yards but they fall short, um Sean McVay's fired up he has to to me he potentially has a better team I don't think Tampa Bay is as good as they were last year I think they're older. Um, I think they lost the speed, a uh, lost the step on defense so far. My Cowboys probably should have beat them in Week One if we had a, a half decent kicker, et cetera, etc. Um, but with that being said, Tampa Bay, I I think this Tampa Bay and Rams game could be uh, a preview of what we're going to see at the end of the season. The game, the game before, uh, the game to see who goes to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Wouldn't be surprised if it's um one of these two teams, if not both these teams, playing again and. As of now, the Rams would have home field advantage, so that's big. Last but not least, we're going to talk about the best team in the NFL right now to me, and that is my Dallas Cowboys putting up 41 points this week against the sorry Eagles. Um, Just taking control of everything. Our offense looks absolutely unstoppable. Um, Shout out Dak Prescott coming out and... After the year being injured, you can tell to me the year that he was hurt and he physically couldn't perform, he got so much better mentally. Um, Dak was a quarterback to me who tried to force ball, uh, force the ball into the hands of his playmakers a lot. Amari Cooper tried to force the ball into the hands of CeeDee Lamb, sometimes even Michael Gallup throwing a lot of 50-50 balls, throwing a lot of uh, into tight coverage, double coverage, squeezing the ball a lot into very, very tight windows. The difference of what I see in him now is picking and choosing. In this game against um, against the Eagles, we scored forty one points. You would think that means a big game from Cooper, big game from from um, CD Lamb, so on and so forth. And and here's 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 the funny part about it. Ceedee Lamb had three catches for sixty six yards. Cooper had three catches for twenty six yards. Dalton Schultz had six catches for 80 yards, two touchdowns on seven targets. I I loved watching Dak say, "Hey, you're gonna leave this open underneath. Boom. Hey, you gonna you're gonna be uh you're gonna run man to man. One safety high. I'm going deep. Hey, you're gonna run zone. I'm gonna run this draw. Hey, you're gonna run zone. I'm gonna pass it in the flat. He picked apart the defense, and instead of us going out there and Running our plays, regardless of what the defensive set is, and forcing the ball downfield, which we've done in years past, we're reacting to the defense now. Dak's level of competence as a quarterback has risen to the point to where he can go out there and he can look at the defense and he can make the right call, and there's so much trust uh, in in our offense and with him. It's just incredible. So big shout-out to the Dallas Cowboy offense, and that's not even who impressed me the most. How about them Cowboys on the defensive side of the ball? An incredible game uh, for our defense, forcing turnovers. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, an interception, took back to the house. Anthony Brown, a player who I, I really don't like on our team, gets burned all the time on defense. He had a pick, uh, and, and that was a big interception to kind of steal the momentum of the game and keep keep it flowing for us. I, I loved what I saw from our defense. This defense is one of one of the most surprising defenses in the NFL I had to talk with my dad. He's a Cowboys fan before the season started. And I said, Dan Quinn has so much to prove. We got rid of a lot of the, the players who I didn't have faith in on the defensive side of the ball. I love the way we drafted. I love the players we did draft. And I think the players we picked up fit us so perfect. And I told my dad, I said, the Cowboys will be a top 10 defense in the NFL this year. And as of right now, we're right there. Um, we're leading the NFL in turnovers, uh, turnovers forced. Um we, should, we, we basically held the, the Eagles to 14 points in this game. Um, seven of those points came on a on a field goal. I mean, on a, a fumble from Dak uh, getting hit in the end zone and Fletcher Cox being able to come away with it. That's how they got their first touchdown. Um, but offensively only gave up two touchdowns. Literally gave up zero offensive points in the first half. Um, one touchdown in the third, one touchdown in the fourth. Um, when the game was out of hand, we were up by 20 plus. So absolutely love the game for my Dallas Cowboys this week. Um, looking forward to playing the Panthers uh, coming up and kicking their ass. Um, I think the Cowboys are definitely the class of the NFC East. And I think when it comes down to it, if we can stay healthy, we are going to be that team that wins our division, that the wild, a wild card team that says, damn, I do not want to go into Dallas and try to defend them. And I think it, we can beat anyone. I think we can beat the Green Bay's of the world. I think we can beat um, can beat the Arizona Cardinals of the world. I think we have just as much talent on the offensive defensive side of the ball as teams like the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is one of the best corners in the NFL in year two, and there's no goddamn doubt about it. He's top five, top top five to top seven corner in the NFL right now. Um, the way he's playing with aggressive aggressiveness the way he's so smart and able to jump his routes now the way he's picking the ball off three interceptions already this year took one to the house this game I think he took one to the house last game against San Diego um, our Los Angeles big 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 shout out to my defense and I can't talk enough about Micah Parsons a guy who we weren't gonna draft um, it was very very clear for Cowboy fans um, and as a Cowboy fan, I wanted Patrick Sertan as well. Um, JC Horn, I was like, well, if JC's, if they take Sertan and we get JC, that's fine as well. But I really, really thought we needed a corner. Um, we didn't get either one. We traded back, and we end up getting Micah Parsons, who's better than both of them. He's shown he's been better than both of him After three games, there's no question he's the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Talk about a guy who plays linebacker, not the biggest guy on the field, Goes and we got an injury to our 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 leader on defense, DeMarcus Lawrence, and he goes and he plays two games as a goddamn defensive end, and he's leading the NFL in like pass rushing percentage as a rookie who's playing out of position. There's, I mean, it blows my mind how talented this man was pushing around Lane Johnson, getting in the backfield repeatedly, hitting Jalen Hurts repeatedly. It was just amazing last night, a hell of a game or a hell of a Monday night game to watch big ups to my Dallas Cowboys as we push forward um, that is the NFL talk for today we're gonna to talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about some NBA we had Media Day um, we had Carl Anthony Towns talking about Minnesota and the things he has been through in Minnesota um, the firing of the head coach the, of the uh, Flip Saunders dying. Flip Saunders' son, or Ryan Saunders, getting fired, uh, losing the GM all the time. You just lost Aldrich Rosas. They're trying to trade your best friend on the team. He's been through so much with Minnesota, and he just the way he detailed it, I think, it put a lot of things in perspective. People don't understand like what goes into success in in these sports and at this high level, and they will diminish you as a player. Um, they talk about Carl Anthony Towns is not talked about as one of the greatest big men in our game right now. Uh, who's better than Carl Anthony Towns? I mean, Jokic, maybe, um, depending on the time, maybe. Um, I think Jokic and Carl Anthony Towns, the gap between the two isn't that great. Joel Embiid, I think, is, is better, but it's not that great. And then I think you have Carl Anthony Towns is like the third best center in the NBA right now. If you're not counting like Anthony Davis and Giannis, I'm obviously as sinners, um, I, I really, I really love that he was able to go out there and be transparent, and, and go out there and, and speak his mind and speak his heart and be real. You know, he didn't care. He didn't care how it would be perceived. He didn't care what people would think about him or how mad the Timberwolves might be at the things he said. He was candid. He was honest. And he spoke his mind. And I respected I respected that a lot. And, and Kat has earned a lot of respect for me this year. Um, next thing I want to talk about um, is Damian Lillard. Uh, Damian Lillard going up. Actually, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Damian Lillard last because Damian Lillard ties into the vaccine uh, that's probably the biggest topic in the NBA right now. So we'll talk about the Sixers. Obviously, Ben Simmons wasn't at media day. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons has reported he's not. he doesn't want to play for the Sixers. And things are getting uglier and uglier and uglier as time passes. Um, I want to say this. I've seen a lot of things. Uh, shout out even uh, Pierre Peewee the Plug from Through the Wire. Uh, check out their podcast and things of that nature. Uh, he His YouTube, he made a video saying Ben Simmons has all the leverage, and I disagree. I disagree 100%. Um, call it what you want, man. If I'm the 76ers, Ben Simmons ain't moving the whole year. I want to see how much money you're willing to lose. How much money are you willing to pay? How bad do you not want to play here? Because at the end of the day, you can't trade Ben Simmons away. Ben Simmons, if you really want to leave Philadelphia, your best bet was to shut up publicly shut your damn mouth, express privately the same thing you're expressing publicly and let your values stay the same so that way you can actually move because if you're Philadelphia, it makes no sense for you to trade Ben Simmons away um, for for players that are not going to make you a championship team because Philly right now is a championship contender. They're contender for the best team in the East. The, they can compete with any team out East. Uh, if Ben Simmons is cast confidence in attacking the ball and shooting the ball and can hit free throws at, at, at a decent clip, they're probably in the finals last year, or at least in the Eastern Conference finals, they definitely don't lose to the likes of Atlanta. Um, no shade to Atlanta. So I just think Ben Simmons to me is, he's, I lost, I just, I don't like Ben Simmons as a player anymore, or really as a person. Um, I just don't like the way he handles himself in this situation. Um, can I put the blame on you for the reason why your team lost and it's solely your fault? No, it's a team game. Uh, but I can say that you were the biggest factor leading into them, them to lose. Consistently, you haven't shown the ability to shoot the ball. Consistently, you haven't put in the time or the effort during the season, during games, uh, before leading to the playoffs or in the playoffs to prove or show or make yourself a threat on the floor to shoot the ball. Instead of you working on yourself because you have been the problem, you decide to get your panties in a bunch and complain about your about your franchise. And people talking about the comments that the Sixers made. Yeah, when you ask me what if you asked anybody in goddamn America what that watches the NBA, what was the turning point in the game? I believe it was the game seven against Philly or against Atlanta. Uh, the, the turning point of the game, when they asked Joel Embiid, yeah, to me the turning point was when Ben Simmons had a wide open dunk or layup and passed it to a guy who shoots free throws just as bad as he did, and instead of getting two points, you get I think they got one, maybe none, I think that was a turning point in the game too, Joel, I don't think that it's wrong for Joel, or wrong for Doc Rivers, or wrong for anybody with two eyes and any kind of basketball knowledge to point out the fact that, hey, Ben Simmons, that was corny as hell, and I think... It's the entitled act of him thinking that, well, this and that. Well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go here, and I'm going to do It's like, God, bro, put the work in. You are not LeBron James who did everything for Cleveland, and Cleveland wouldn't build around him. You are not Damian Lillard who's doing everything in in Portland, and they won't build around him. Um, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. I don't understand at all. That being said, Ben Simmons is still an elite player. He's still an all-star caliber player. He's still an all-defensive first-team kind of guy. He's still one of the best playmakers in the in, in the NBA. He's one of the fastest guys with the ball in his hand. He can go downhill in a fast-breaking transition. He's pretty much unstoppable. But you're not going to win a championship the way he plays basketball. The way he plays basketball and his deficiency, deficiencies, especially in the playoffs, is not going to help any team he's on unless you're trading Draymond Green for... Ben Simmons it, to me that's a great move for Golden State. That's a smart move. You get a younger, more athletic uh version of Draymond Green. You also get but if I'm the Sixers, the Sixers there's no way in hell I'm taking that deal. Um so just you just between a, a rock and a hard place, but I do not like I do not like the way Ben Simmons has handled this offseason. I do not I I do not like the way Ben Simmons has handled his progression in the NBA as far as his shooting progression, um literally it's held his team back, repeatedly and now, um his teammates try to fly to LA to see him he he doesn't want to talk to him he's saying things in the media where he doesn't want to play with Joel Embiid anymore, which is who who says that like Joel Embiid like we talked about earlier arguably one of the best centers in the NBA uh probably would have won MVP last year if he would have been healthy and played a lot uh, played all his games so, who. It just the silliness of Ben Simmons, man. The silliness of Ben Simmons. is just, it doesn't cease to amaze me. And last but least, last but definitely not least, we're going to talk about Damian Lillard. We're going to talk about Bradley Beal. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. We're going to talk about Jonathan Isaacs. And we're going to talk about the COVID vaccine all in one. This is coming from a guy who got his first dose literally yesterday. Um... I do not see the problem with getting vaccine. Um, I didn't get the vaccine for a long time for my own personal reasons, but never because I just was uncomfortable. I, I mean, I have no problem saying I was uncomfortable with the vaccine. I don't want to make this a political or vaccine conversation. You do what you want with your body. I do not I do not look at people who aren't vaccinated different. Um, you don't, if you're uncomfortable getting the vaccine, you're uncomfortable. Some people don't like shooting things in their body. It just is what it is. I don't get the flu shot. Um, That being said, it's the false information, it's the false narratives, it's the ignorance that comes out of people's mouths when they're defending this vaccine. Um, Talking about Bradley Bill. uh, Bradley Bill made the comment of, uh, basically, people who are getting vaccinated, why are you still getting COVID? And it's like, Google it, bro. Like, it's common sense why you get, the vaccine is not supposed to stop you from getting COVID. The vaccine is supposed to stop you from dying from COVID to help when you spread the virus, you don't spread a, a more deadly version of the virus. Um, and I just think like it's ignorance. And I think there's a fine line between forcing someone to do something and and judging people off their decisions. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the NBA is wrong. I think a lot of people are wrong um, condemning these people who don't want to get the shot. If they don't want to get it, they don't want to get it. If Bradley Bill's like, hey, I don't want the shot because I don't want it. I have nothing to say about it. Kyrie Irving talked about it. It's a private decision that I don't wanna discuss. I have every right not to discuss it. Um, Jonathan Isaac, he says, Mom works in healthcare. Just after his research, him already having COVID, which was my thing. I had already had COVID, I was unsymptomatic. I already have the antibodies, um, so on and so forth. So to me, what's the real benefit of me getting the shot if I already had COVID and I had the antibodies? But, you know, it's the safe thing to do, it's the smart thing to do, in my opinion, to protect myself protect my family Jonathan Isaac has a different way to go about it and that's fine and I respect his opinion but please, please, people with a platform, Nicki Minaj is of the world please, please don't open your mouth to spew ignorance, it does nothing for us as a people it um, does nothing for us as a community it does nothing for us as all the people who look up to you guys and follow you guys and listen to what you guys have to say um, 90% of, that being said 90% of the NBA is vaccinated Right, keep that in mind. like we're, we're talking about a few players here uh, here and there that aren't vaccinated, So be it because guess who that's gonna hurt? your team. Um, what's uh, I believe New York Knicks, the uh, Brooklyn Nets as well, Golden State, Sacramento, Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers. At the minimum, that's six different teams that right now have in place, um, you cannot play if you don't have the vaccine. Um, You will not step on the floor. Andrew Wiggins, you will not step on the floor without that vaccine. Not only will you not be able to step on the floor and play in those games with the vaccine or any area that has those kind of laws, you will not get paid for the games you don't play without the vaccine. So, no, they're not forcing you to get it, but God, they're making sure, like, you got to be you got to really believe in what you believe in to not think that and then my own personal views of the vaccine is if they if they wanted to microchip us or anything like that you go everywhere with your damn phone in your pocket anyway you go everywhere with to everything is technology it's so easy to put a tracker in anything that's that has anything to do with any kind of technology the way the cameras are there's a camera on every street corner there's a camera in front of every business. There's a camera in front of every red light. The government wanted to track you and find where you went and what time you were there every single day. It's it's like 95% possible. Um, so I don't think they're microchipping us. Um, I talked about this and like bring it back to the way I look at it is you kind of talk about like think of like slavery, right? If COVID was coming out back in slavery and they had a vaccine or whatever, who you think would have got the vaccine first? The slaves, bro. <laughs> like, it's not because they would have been trying to kill their slaves, track their slaves, and try new experiments on their slaves. It would literally be because ain't nobody who owns a plantation want to go out there and pick their own cotton. So they're going to make sure the workers and the people who provide the life that they want to live and, and provide the opportunity for them to be lazy and have their comfortability, they're going to make sure that they get, the, they get the shot first and they're taken care of. And I think you you you're seeing that now, in modern times. Like the government is not trying to kill off the people who are gonna go work. Cause guess who's not? Guess who's not about to go, uh, work at McDonald's. Uh, Biden. Uh, guess who's not about to go work at. Um, Guess, guess I mean like Jeff Bezos for for example, he's obviously going to provide COVID vaccine vaccines for all his employees. He's going to make sure that if they want that vaccine they can get it because guess what? The last thing he needs is an outbreak in his warehouses and that way he can't make no damn money. It's it's not that deep people. Um people bring up Tuskegee, people bring up every, it's not that deep people. Um maybe just maybe there's an actual pandemic. Maybe just maybe people are actually being sick. How crazy in the the head do you have to be to believe that there's a worldwide pandemic? Every goddamn country in the whole entire world is experiencing this pandemic. How dumb do you have to to be to think that the United States is trying to do something to their citizens? If the whole world is going through this. Um, With that being said, I don't want to end it on a bad note. But that is what's going on in the world right now. Um, Baseball season is heating up as we get closer to the playoffs. We'll talk a little bit more about the playoff series as they end. I don't talk a lot about baseball. Um, I watch a lot of baseball. It's just not what I do. Um, We'll talk a little about UFC as well. A hell of a card this weekend. Ortega loses to Volkanovski. Almost chucks him out. Lost me some money. But I'm C D all the way. I'm always going to root for Brian Ortega. Um, Robbie Lawler beat the hell out of Nick Diaz who was out of shape and looked like he don't ever need to be in the ring again. Um, as a guy who's a big Diaz fan, I just want him to be healthy. No reason for you to still fight. Valentina Shevchenko that just beat the skin off of, uh, what's her name? Lauren Murphy. I believe her name is. I mean, just beat her, beat her ass. Just beat her bad. Um, who else did I pick in this one? I had A couple more picks, but those are the main fights that I remember and I recall. Um, uh, watching that were really really good and i want some money off of ufc that night as well that being said i look forward to talking to you guys again on friday i know we haven't done our preview our nfl preview show um not once this season we didn't get to do a week one um week two I, like i said i had a lot going on but i promise to get to it either friday or saturday you should have an episode um where we talk about what's going on in 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 uh in the NFL, we'll talk about Week Four. We'll talk about who who I got predictions. What games that I think you should bet on. How am I gonna run my teasers this week as well? Uh, talk a little bit about who's been carrying me in fantasy as I squeak by and get a one point uh, a win by less than a point this week. Against my boy Davion, um, we'll we'll talk a lot again on Friday. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for always showing support. Please, 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 I beg of you, please, please share this show with someone. Please tell someone, just tell one person about this show. Share this show one time. Let's spread the word. Let's get people talking about sports and sports in a way that's non-confrontational, non-argumentative. Don't want to disrespect anyone. Let's just talk sports. Have a good time with it. Peace and love to everyone out there. Thank y'all for listening. Uh, Let's get y'all with the quote before we go. Be who you are. And say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. It's your boy Ice Cold. This is the Ice Cold Show, and as always, it's been authentic. Awesome. Oh. You know yeah. And she ain't never met a Mac like this, and you ain't never hit the trap like this. So stop front, nigga. I stayed down for the come up. A nigga grindin' to the sun up I'm trying to stack these funds up Make sure I raise my sons the right way uh-huh. Could give a fuck about what you might say yeah, they-